Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, no matter where you are, whether you're at work, driving in your car, or just chilling at home listening to your Faith FM app. We're so glad you're able to join Tableland Explorers today. Well, we have Noah and Ethan in the studio today. It's been a while since Ethan's um, been in the studio, but Noah, we had you recently. How have you been in the last couple of weeks? Oh, not too bad. Haven't gone up to too much. Just school and work, same as usual. Yeah, and how about you, Ethan? It's been a few weeks since you've been on the show and in the studio. How have you been? Yeah, pretty good. Just a lot of um, stuff with the schoolwork, uh, going into year 12, and the teachers decide that, uh, you know what? Might as well drop all the assessments and exams and your revision and stuff right now. So, like, next year I've got a couple things that are due, like, the first term. So I'll be yep. working through the holidays just to try to get those up up and, up and ready. So yeah, you have to do assignments during your school holidays. Unfortunately, yes. Oh, that sucks. It really does. Oh, you can't even get a holiday. Wow. <laughs> that. That's not fun. So you doing? Did you do any Year Twelve subjects this year? Because I know some people do compressed subjects where they do sort of Year Eleven and some of Year Twelve in one year and then go to the next. Is that what you did, or you just did just uh, Year Eleven this year? No, I did just Year Eleven this year and then yep. next year. Yeah. So next year is all Year Twelve. Yep. Final year of school. That's got to be exciting. Oh, it's both exciting and scary. So, but uh, hopefully God will help me get through it. So mm, yeah. yeah, He will. Uh, he helped me get through college. Mm. I did four years at uni and. Every time I walked out of an exam, I thought I'd failed. But, hey, God looked out for me and helped me through everything, and I'm sure he'll be able to help you through all your schoolwork in Year 12 as well. Well, me and Noah have answered. How about you, Pastor Luke? How have you been? Yeah, I've been well, actually. I had um, a week or so off a week or so ago. Um, My mum and dad flew over from Perth. And oh, yeah. I got to spend some time with him, so that was a lot of fun. Dad helped me fix up a couple of things around the house. You know, the last oh no, last few months I've sort of had a bit of a mind fog, so to speak, and haven't been able to find things so yeah. easy. And I was just stuck with some stuff I need to do on my house. And Dad was like, "Well, we're coming over to just see see me. I haven't seen them for a year because um, they're on the other side of the country." Yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, we, he came over and I was like, well, let's just do this, this, and this. And I was like, I've got all the stuff to do that. <laughs> I was like, hey, why didn't I think of that? Like, it's easy. Um, so, yeah, it was really good to just be able to have that extra pair of eyes to be able to go through stuff and go, hey, let's just do this and this. And, um, yeah, it worked out really well. Um, so hopefully all the leaks that I had in the house are gone. Um, so time will tell next time, time we have tell. a big rain <laughs> big lot of rain then we'll find out whether it all still leaks but i think we nailed it and i think we've got it all sorted um but although it was fun working with dad it was good just spending time with mum and dad um it's a bit hard living on the other side of the country and i'm sure the folks out there that are separated from their family through distance you know whether they're in a different state or even a few hours away you don't get to always see them that often Mm. um so yeah it was it was really good i mean it was really good having them here last year because last year they came over to visit and help me move into this place, and then we had all the COVID lockdowns, yeah. and then they couldn't get back into WA. Mm. Um, so then they were here for six months <laughs> because they couldn't get home. <laughs> um, so it was better them staying here than being stuck out in the middle of nowhere somewhere. Oh, it was all planned. I hadn't seen them for a couple of years since then, so it was really good to be able to 
hang out and spend time with um, your parents. You know, you guys are young. You you live with your parents, and you're probably like, oh, I can't wait to get out of home. <laughs> um, but then you know, when you're out of home and you're on your own for a while and you don't see them, and you kind of actually like spending time with them. Now, guys, Campery is coming up. Are you guys heading to it? Oh, I am a hundred percent. I'm yep. on Team Force. You're on Team Force. Oh, yep. that'll be awesome. I'm going to try and get you on my activity. Oh, let's go. That'll be cool. You going, Noah? No, I'm not. Oh, you're not. Wow. <laughs> Why not? Where, where are you heading off to? Are you going somewhere or are you just bailing? Nah, I'm going down to music camp down near Sydney. Music camp? Okay, what's that? It's like a camp where you do a lot of spiritual stuff and do singing that they then put on YouTube. Oh, okay. So you're, you're learning how to sing or are you just getting together to just perform you learn it goes for two weeks so like yep. the first week you kind of learn how to sing and then perfect the songs you're doing and then the second week you um you do a lot of the kind of we do concerts and yep. then you do like go out in nature and film videos go on youtube oh and awesome that'll be awesome cool. you have to um send us a link so we can see all the things that you've been doing well the last music camp they still haven't gotten the videos out on the youtube from that one so we'll oh see. really oh no <laughs> Ah, so Ethan, you excited about Camp Pre? Oh yes. Yep. The one back in ah, uh, the one in down in Molesworth. I went to yep. that. That was what oh, four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. That was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. I was a Pathfinder director then. And I took like four kids, no six. I had six Pathfinders that I took, and there was four adults. And then the club next to us was a friend of mine's club, and they had four kids. And every activity had to have ten. 10 kids to make up a group. Oh, okay, so you have yeah. the 10, 10 Pathfinders and then you had yeah, four adults because each, each group of 10 had two adults. Yep. Um, but we had, our, we had two adults with six kids and he had two adults with four kids. So then we had the 10. Oh, yes. We spent the um, week sort of joined with that club. That was a lot of fun. Now, what did um, what club were you with when you went down there? Oh, I was with the Northern Tablelands. It's the Northern Tablelands then, yeah. Yep. I was with um, Hillview. We were down down on the coast, down in Kurumbong. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was during my study days. Ah. Oh. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was really good. So this one's back down, not quite into Victoria, but down near Kosciuszko, so yeah. it's exciting. I'll be leaving next week, actually, Boxing Day. Oh, get yeah, there We've got to be there a couple of, few, like a week early to set up our activity. Mm. Some people are heading down there this week before Christmas to start some setup and – that, but we're going to wow. go after Christmas. But, yeah, it's going to be good times. Oh, i got some pretty good memory, well, mm. funny and great memories from the last one. Mm. The funniest yep. one yep. was Josh. That oh. Josh as in Noah's brother, Josh? Noah's brother, yeah. So yep. we were walking to, I think it was the staging area. Yep. And Josh sees a water truck go by. He's like, oh, guys, watch this. And he runs and jumps on the back. Oh, no. That's not even the funny bit. The, the funniest oh. bit is this lady from, I think it's the Kempsey Pathfinder Club, runs out like, just like lightning, just like flash, just runs straight out and he's yelling at Josh at the top of her lungs to get off it. Oh, and wow. me and Noah are just standing there <laughs> laughing. Oh, was the oh, truck moving? The truck was moving. Yeah, yeah he probably should have been told so to get funny. off. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh. dangerous. Oh. The only problem I had was with all my dreads, when we had the tomato fight. Oh, oh yes. that tomato fight was nuts. They had so much tomato. They really oh. did. And someone got uh, a plastic bag and smashed against my head and then it exploded. 
Oh, I remember, like, literally, it was it like two months after that you came to church and I was yeah. like, there's a bit of tomato in my hair, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, did you see the crates of those canned tomatoes they had? They must have spent so much money. Yeah, oh, that was uh, expensive. But that was, that was, yeah, they had some good activities. We were, like, right at the far end of the campsite, so we oh, had to okay, walk yeah. to the staging area. We had so far to walk. Oh, that was yeah. nuts. But, yeah, we were, like, we were sort of... I wouldn't say we were exactly close, but we were sort of far as well. Yep. Yeah. Because what was our group? It was Jericho? Uh, Jericho. I, I can't remember the sub camps. Yeah. yeah. But like but, the name, our name started with J. Yeah. But like it was it's definitely worth going to. The yeah. campers are oh, so much fun. They are. And um, yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, we'll end up with probably around 4,000 Pathfinders from all over the country. Oh, that's, so that's going to nice. be pretty exciting. Speaking of Pathfinders, you know how we went to the fair and rally earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and we had that Sabbath afternoon activity on the beach. Oh, okay, yeah. We all went yep. down and everyone did their skits and stuff. Yeah. And I was with, I think I was with you, Noah, and um, we were walking down the beach because you had your club shirt on, which had Northern Tablelands Pathfinder Club. Yeah, yeah. And then this guy from one of the other clubs goes, oh, have you guys got any affiliation with the Table and Explorers are on Faith FM. And we're like, well, actually, that's us. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. um, and he was telling us how he was like listening to our show and how he really enjoyed how the young people, and because a lot of the young people we have is part of the Northern Tablelands Pathfinder Club. Some are from other clubs in the area. And yeah, and we're like, yeah, these guys are on the show and he got to meet some of us. And yeah, it was pretty exciting to hear that there was other Pathfinders are actually listening yeah, to yeah. us. and being involved in the show and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool how, like, he was talking to us and, like, it's kind of weird. Like, it was almost like like he was excited to see us. Like, yeah. it's kind of weird to think, like, we kind of do these and we don't really think about the impact. Like, at least I don't think about the impact as much that it has on other mm. people. I more just think about, well, it was fun for me to do and hopefully it impresses someone. But, like, yeah. it's really good that, like, people listening to it and really enjoying it. Mm, it is good. I remember you guys told me about it and... I think the first thought that came to my mind was like, thank God. Yeah. Because it showed that people actually did listen to the program fully. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They didn't just like turn it on, maybe listen to a bit, and then they're like, oh, yeah, okay, then turn it off. Yeah. yeah. It showed they like, they went through the whole program, listened to us talk and our banter and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. And it was really good of them being pathfinders themselves. Mm. You know, it was people that we mixed with, people that we knew yeah. that were like, hey, that's you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Luke, earlier you were telling me you had a quite an interesting weekend. <laughs> yeah, we did. That was nuts. So, I was um, down at a friend's place down in Maxville, mm. and we went down there Sunday because I'm going to be away for Christmas, so I went, went down to my friend's place to give them their Christmas presents, mm. and it just happened to be the um, same night the World Cup final was on the soccer. Yeah. And... Um, so we'd gone down there Sunday, we'd had dinner, we'd uh, sort of given out the presents and stuff. We're watching this movie, we went to bed about 10 o'clock, mm. and then we got up at stupid o'clock in the morning to watch this soccer game. <laughs> now, I'm not like too keen on soccer, but <laughs> the kids were, that were there. Yep. And Seth had a few of his friends over, so there was three you know, 13-year-old boys in the house jumping <laughs> yeah. up and down so excited about this <laughs> soccer game. And then... Just after the game, which was, I mean, it was an interesting game. It was tight. It looked like Argentina was going to win, like, easily. 
Yeah. And then France came back and then it just went backwards and forwards and right down to a shootout. So I actually enjoyed the game. For someone that's not really a soccer fan, yeah. it was actually a really good game. But then after the game, as 13-year-old boys are, they're all excited because their team won. Ah. You know, they're all huge, huge Messi fans, as oh, I'm sure of most 13-year-olds <laughs> in Australia are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And then um, Tammy Seth's mum walked outside and noticed the roller door was up and her car was gone. Oh. And we're like, what? Are you serious? And then we noticed the spare keys that were sitting on a, on a shelf near the, near the um, back door mm. on the door to the garage was missing. And then the side door was open. And we're like, what? So someone had come in some, somewhere between like 10 and 1, 1.30-ish. Mm. They've come through the side door, come into the house, stolen the keys, and they went to the garage and stole the car. <sighs> we're like, you got to be kidding me. And it's just like just before Christmas, you're like, what's going to happen? You know, you know, people need their cars, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and then we're just grateful that the none because the boys are sleeping out in the living room. And we're just grateful that they didn't wake up. Right. I mean, I don't think these intruders would have hurt them, but the trauma that would have been through for these kids to wake up in the middle of the night and have someone in their house, mm. like, I wouldn't have wanted to do that. Like, we didn't hear nothing. I think it would have scared me if I walked out there. So then that was definitely, I think, God kept us asleep for mm. us because I think especially for those kids, if they had woken up and seen that, that would have been, like, super scary for them. Mm. Yeah. Um. So we definitely praise God for that. And another praise was we actually found the car. We, we reported it um, and then we reported it to the police and then we stuck the, a photo of the car up on social media mm. on, on a um, Nambucca Maxville sort of Facebook page that say, hey, look out, this car's been stolen. Yep. And then we got a reply back saying, oh, there's a car sitting over on the side of the road out near my place. Well, we'll go have a look. And that was it. Wow. Um, oh. There was no damage to it. They didn't damage it. Um, I mean, the police have taken it um, for forensics and fingerprinting mm. and stuff like that. So she's going to be a couple of days without the car, but there's nothing wrong with it. Wow. And we're like, praise God, because these people, they could have driven it into the river. They could have burnt it. They could have smashed it up. They could have done anything. Could have mm. been way worse. Could have been so much worse. And although it just became a hassle, mm. not anything too bad. Yeah. And, you know, through that whole experience, we can see, hey, God was still with us through this experience mm. where – um, everybody's just everybody's safe. Nobody got hurt. Mm. Um, the car's okay, and yeah, so it was definitely a real way where God showed up for us this weekend. But um, yeah. amen. Um, I mean, that threw my plans out on Monday and getting back to doing some work and stuff because I had to help um, deal with talk to the police and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but oh, another funny story with that, right? The cops showed up because we're waiting for the car. Yeah. And the cop come to my door and I'm like, hi, I'm Luke. And the cop goes, I know. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> and he, he, he goes, we've met. He took his glasses off and put them back on. And I'm like, but where have we met? <laughs> you know? And um, so, yeah, so early in the year, Seth played in a um, futsal tournament. And his uh, daughter was part of the same sort of group. Oh, and his okay. son is friends with Cassie. And so then he was like, oh, I'm Rowan's dad. I'm like, oh, I know oh. who you are now. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I was my heart was pumping a little bit. My cat was just cold. Watch um, out. That would have been comforting, though. It was, because then when he came around um, to talk to Tammy about the car and stuff, it was a lot less stressful because mm. you knew, you knew yeah. him and mm. stuff like that. So that was actually really good. 
Um, so that was probably just another blessing as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. So today's topic is the mark of the beast. Now, a lot of people approach this topic as they think it's... Because the Bible tends to use very harsh words mm, when it's yeah. talking about the mark of the beast. So um, we're going to try explain in a way where it doesn't seem as scary. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to go through the Bible and see what the Bible has to say and then break it down from there. Yep. Now, if there's anything in here that um, you would like extra information on or you may not understand, feel free to check... Oh, I would recommend checking out the last three episodes because they were a build-up to this topic. Mm. And uh, if you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP16 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today we are on study guide number 16, The Mark of the Beast. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Lauren Daigle with first before I bring my need I will bring my heart before I lift my kids I will lift my
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some of them will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible, or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers, or you can go to your app store and download the FaithFM Australia app. We are about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with our study, then text SOP16 with no spaces to 04888880831. Our study is titled The Mark of the Beast. Okay, before we start our Bible study today, let's just have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to pray that you be with us now as we study your word and we study this topic. Lord, you use so much graphic uh, language in the Bible to describe avoiding the mark of the beast, Lord. And as we study it, we find out what it is and how to avoid it. Lord, I pray that you help us to articulate our words well that you anoint our lips, that it will be your words and not ours, and that you will open our hearts and ears of us in the studio and those that are listening to understanding the truth that you share in your scripture. And we just pray that the Holy Spirit be upon us right now as we study your word, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Mark of the Beast is one of the most intriguing and important subjects in the scriptures. This prophecy involves a beast, an image to the beast, the mysterious number 666, and the deadly mark of the beast. Yeah, you know, the Bible uses quite frightening and shocking language to describe the consequences of worshipping the beast or receiving his mark. Any person who gets involved with this mark will be lost for eternity. Mm. And tragically, the overwhelming majority of people will receive the mark of the beast. This is a subject that cannot be overlooked. If you cannot identify the beast or his mark, we could end up with the mark and not even be aware that we have it. But what is the mark of the beast? You know what? It's interesting that there are so many different opinions that can be found on various websites. Like this one, an invisible laser tattoo seen through an electronic eye. Bro. <laughs> wow. I know, right? It comes up with this sort of stuff. Like, And this one is kind of just weird. A microchip under the skin or in the bone of the head or hand. Mm, or at least that one's kind of got some biblical names in there. Uh, yeah, that's right? true. I mean, it's not going to be a microchip, but 
we do hear about the head and the hand, don't we? Yeah. Mm. Or what about like the one about like a new currency taking over from the European dollar? Ooh. Yeah, I don't know how that can be really seen. Yeah, I, yeah I don't really it's, understand that one. The dollar's pretty strong. I know, right? Or the um, the universal product code. Well, you know the barcode. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Tattooed on the forehead. Wait, what? Nah, <laughs> like, that's... They reckon that yeah, the mark of the beast is going to be a, a barcode, basically tattooed on your head. And ah. Oh, a communist red star tattooed on the forehead. What? Now, this is an interesting one. That is very interesting. interesting. What's with all the tattoos, right? I yeah. know, right? Like, the next one is the tattoo, um, the tattooed name of the Antichrist written in Hebrew since the Antichrist must be Jewish. Like, they're just basic. I guess, I guess they go to tattoos because they're a permanent thing. I guess yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess though, yeah. Where are these they pulling these from, though, honestly? I, I don't know how they. They get that one, but it's interesting. You know, or your credit card number tattooed on your forehead. Well, that doesn't make sense because your credit card changes over time anyway. Yeah, because if you lose it, you're like, you cancel it and you get a new one. (laughs) Just like (laughs) a number branded or burnt into you. So they're doing it to humans like they did to cows. Bro. No, it's interesting. I mean, I I haven't. You know, heard much of any of that sort of stuff in the Bible, but yeah, or even in more recent years, like, or well, not recent years, but recently, last couple of years, you know, people have been saying that the COVID vaccine was the um was the yeah. mark of the beast. That was an interesting mm. one. Yeah, like I mean, it had some sort of same characteristics, but I mean, there's nothing in the Bible about a vaccine. Yeah, no, just like there's nothing in the Bible about a tattoo or anything like that. Mm. Mm. Everyone likes to twist things so then it um, appeals to them. Mm. Yeah, they do. The funny thing is, with so many interpretations mm. to choose from, how can we know the truth? What is the number 666, and how can we avoid any connection with it? Does anyone have the mark of the beast today? If so, are they really doomed? Does God have his own mark? And if so, who receives it? Mm, that's some very good questions. And in today's study... We're going to identify the mark of the beast and reveal how we can absolutely be certain to avoid it. Yeah, well, let's get into our first question, which is, what did the prophet Daniel see happening on planet Earth at the end of time? The answer is found in Daniel 12, verse 1, and it says, At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to the time, and at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. You know, prior to the second coming of Jesus, the earth will be a scene of catastrophe and conflict. Yeah, well, you know, Revelation thirteen fifteen to 17 talks about the world governments enforcing the mark of the beast and issue a death decree against God's genuine followers. As God sees the attack against his church, he pours out seven deadly plagues, resulting in the battle of Armageddon. This can be found in Revelation 16, verse 16. Now, question two asks us, who are the survivors of this time of trouble and what is their reward? I've got two verses for this. The first one being Revelation 15, verse 2, which says, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. The next verse is Revelation 7, 2 to 3. 
And it says, Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their forehead. So this is pretty cool. The survivors of the final conflict will be those who avoid the mark of the Mm. beast, but receive their own seal, which is the seal of God. The reward is entry to God's kingdom, and the issue is worship and obedience. Yeah, you know, and every person on planet Earth will soon receive a mark. Those who worship and obey the beast will receive the mark of the beast. Those who worship and obey the Creator God will receive the mark or seal of God. Just to note that the words seal, sign, and mark can be used interchangeably throughout Scripture. You know, both marks are placed at the same time, and both marks are symbolic. They represent authority and allegiance, approval and ownership. The good news is that if you receive the mark of God, you automatically avoid receiving the mark of the beast. Because the marks are opposites, by defining the mark of God, we simply need to look for the opposite of the mark to identify the mark of the beast. Alright, so let's start with where is the mark of God placed? That's question three. Now let's go back to the verse we read just before, which is Revelation 7 and verse 3. Out of that, it is a section that says, Till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. So where is the mark of God placed? The Bible said it's on their forehead. Other translations say, in their forehead. The forehead is where the frontal lobe of the brain is. So this is the area of the brain where we make our decisions. You know, so with that in mind, anyone who receives the mark of God has made an immovable decision for God. So this leads us into question number four. What does God write on the foreheads of those who receive his mark? We have two verses here. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 4, the Bible says, They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And Revelation chapter 14, 1 says, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Ancient seals were used often by kings to signify authority and approval. Even today, a personal signature of your name gives authority to a check or a legal document. Here we find God writing his name on the saved as his personal authority and guarantee of protection and everlasting life. You know, this is not a literal mark for everyone to see. It's a mark known only by God and the angels. The name of God represents his character. Mm. When God told Moses what the name of the Lord symbolized, he shared some of the most beautiful aspects of his loving character. Merciful, gracious, Mm. long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. Those who receive the seal of God will have the gracious character of Jesus deeply planted in their minds. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP16 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today we are on study guide 16, the mark of the beast. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Sandra Enterman with Ready for the Storm. 
waves crash in, the tide rolls out. It's an angry sea, but there is no doubt that the lighthouse will keep shining out to warn a lonely sailor. And the lightning strikes and the wind cuts cold through the sailor's bones, through the sailor's soul, till there's nothing left that he can hold except a rolling ocean. Oh, I am ready for the storm. Yes, so ready I am ready for the storm. I'm ready for the storm. For my dreams, 'cause every confrontation seems to tell me what it really means to be this lonely sailor. And when the sky begins to clear, the sun it melts away my tears, and I cry a silent, weary tear for those who mean to love me. Oh, I am ready for the storm. Yes, sir, ready I. The distance it is no real friend, and time will take its time, and you will find that in the end it brings you me, this lonely sailor. And when you take me by the hand and you love me, Lord, you love me, and I should have realized I had no reasons to be frightened. Oh, I am. Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are being fulfilled right now. And some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you're a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible has to say, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We're in study number 16 and at question 5. Now, question 5 asks us, what key aspects of worship are involved in the mark of God? We can find our answer in Deuteronomy chapter 11, Verses 1 and 18. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his judgments, and his commandments always. So that was verse 1. Now verse 18 says, Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. A relationship where you love God and keep his commandments is the greatest sign of worship and allegiance. Mm, it is. And you know, these are the words or concepts that God wants his people to live out in their actions and always keep in the front of their minds. 
God has promised in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You know, this is the experience of all those who receive the mark of God. They will accept the promises and power of God and have God's commandments written in their hearts and minds. So question six says, who does God ask us to worship instead of the beast? Now this can be found in a passage in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 to 12. The Bible says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made the heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Mm. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment shall ascend forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. You know, there's a lot in this passage and a lot of the studies that we've been doing over the past 16 weeks come from these passages of Scripture. But what we're trying to see here is who we're going to worship. And in Revelation 14, 6 to 12, there are three key messages to go to the world just before Jesus returns. And the first message calls for true worship. The final message warns against false worship. And this is pretty straightforward. This is definitive choice. Either worship the Creator and receive the mark of God, or worship the beast and receive the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. The call to worship the Creator is quoted from which commandment? It's the Sabbath commandment. An important aspect of true worship is to keep the Sabbath in honor of God's creative power. All right, question seven says, which aspect of God's law is a special sign of God's authority? We have two verses to answer this question, and the first one is found in Ezekiel 20, verse 12, and it says, Moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. And the second verse is Ezekiel 20, verse 20, and it says, Hello, my Sabbaths, that they might be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. You know, the Sabbath is a sign or seal that sanctifies the authority of God. Those who keep it can know that God is in charge of their life. The Sabbath represents God's power to create the world and empower your life. Yeah, you know, these verses are telling us that anyone who keeps the Sabbath is demonstrating allegiance to Mm. the Creator God and accepting His complete authority. Mm. Now, question 8 asks us, Why is the Sabbath called the seal of God? Our answer may be found in Exodus 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. 
Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The seal of God represents his authority as our creator and redeemer, and is found in the heart of his law. An official government seal consists of three elements, a name, a title, and a territory. A good example would be James II, King of England. Now, in the image here, it has the name, so James II, his title, which is the king, and his territory, which is the British Empire. These three elements, name, title, and territory, have been used to signify important documents throughout history. Mm, They have. You know, these three elements are used in job titles, documents. You know, for me, I'm a pastor, right? So if I had a seal as a pastor, I'd be, my name is Luke, Mm. my title would be pastor, Mm. and my territory would be the Gaia Armadale area where I am. Yeah, So it's something that we all use every day. You know, the reason why the Sabbath is called the seal of God is because this commandment has all three elements of God's seal within it. So let's go back through Exodus 20, verse 11. It says, For in six days the Lord, there's his name. And it says, In six days the Lord made, there's his title, he's the creator. It says he made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. That is his territory, the universe. So there's his name, the Lord, his title, the creator, and his territory is the universe. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really summing everything up, isn't it? Really mm. just seeing that this is how we get the seal of God in the Sabbath commandment. Yeah. Has everything there for a seal. And that brings us to question number nine. Who did the prophet Ezekiel see receiving the mark of God? We find this answer in Ezekiel chapter 9 and verse 4. And the Bible says, And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. You know, the people of Israel had slumped into deep apostasy and false worship. They were even involved in sun worship, if you read through Ezekiel chapter 8. God decided to destroy those involved in false worship, but he protected his genuine followers. The people who received the mark of God were those who loved him, obeyed him, and were deeply upset about the false sun worship within the church. You know, in the last days, God's genuine followers will refuse to participate in false worship. This group receives the mark of God for protection from the judgment of the plagues. Mm. The seal of God is a symbolic mark that signifies God's genuine followers. This mark will be placed on those who love Jesus supremely and keep all of God's commandments, including the Sabbath. They refuse to accept or participate in false worship. They would rather die then dishonor God. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP16 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today we are on study guide 16, The Mark of the Beast. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study, so stick around and get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, and here is Matt Maher with... Your love defends me. You are my joy. You are my song. You are the way. The one I'm drawing from. You are my refuge. My whole life long. 
go. Surely my God is the strength of my soul. Your love defends me. Your love defends me. And when I feel like I'm all alone, Your love defends me. Your love defends me. Yeah. Day after day, night after night, I will remember you're with me in this fight. Although the battle it rages on, the war is already won. I know the war is already won. Surely my God is the strength of my soul. Your love defends me. Your love defends me. And when I feel like I'm all alone, Your love defends me. Your love defends me. We sing. Your love defends me. Your love defends me. And when I feel like I'm all alone, your love defends me. Your love defends me. Surely my God is the strength of my soul. Your love defends me. Welcome back to Table and Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are studying about the Mark of the Beast. We have seen that when the governments of the world enforce the Mark of the Beast, there will be a time of trouble for God's genuine followers. They will survive this terrible trouble because they will have the seal of God in their foreheads. They have made the decision to follow God no matter what. We discovered from the Bible that Saturday, the seventh day Sabbath, is the seal of God. The Sabbath commandment has God's seal in it. 
It has his name, the Lord, his title, the Creator, his territory, the universe. The seal, or the mark of God, is about worship and the Sabbath. Now let's look at what the mark of the beast will be. But first, if you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 16 and at question number 10. Question 10 says, Who is the beast that has his own mark of authority? Revelation 13 verse 12 says, And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. You know, the most important factor in determining the mark of the beast is to first identify the beast. Once that is clear, then the mark of that specific beast can be determined. Although it is the second beast of Revelation 13 that enforces the mark of the beast, it is doing so on behalf of the first beast. It is the first beast, the papacy, which receives global worship and has its own special mark of authority. This is a mark of allegiance and loyalty that will be enforced on all people. We have been studying that in our last three episodes, so if you want to know more, go back and listen to those. Question number 11 asks us, what is the number of the beast? Revelation 13 verse 18 tells us, Here is wisdom. Let him who has the understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. The number of the beast is 666. The number 6 played a key role in the life and religion of the ancient pagan cultures. The Babylonians divided many of their weights, times, and measures by 6. It was the Babylonians who recognized 360 degrees in a circle, 60 minutes in the hour, and 60 seconds in the minute. The number 6 also held mysterious significance among the sun-worshipping priests in their religion. Ancient religious sun seals called Sigilla Solis have been discovered. They show a table of 36 numbers, all adding up to the number 666. Yeah, you know, the symbol of Babylon in the book of Revelation represents a corrupt Christian church that's found in Revelation chapter 17, verse 1 to 6. The Bible highlights the number 666 as another symbol to demonstrate the link between the false religion and worship of the ancients with the false religion and worships of the last days. The number 666 is not the mark of the beast. It is the number of a man and be counted, Revelation 13, 17, 18, to help identify who the beast is. Some Bible scholars have calculated the universal title of the Pope, Vicarius Philidae, meaning Vicar of the Son of God, through Roman numerals and found that the number totals to 666. Question 12 says, Where is the mark of the beast placed? We actually find this answer in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16. And the Bible says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Now the symbol of the hand represents our work or actions, and we can see that in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. Yeah, and the forehead represents the mind, where decisions are made. Here we find people who will demonstrate allegiance to the beast, either in thought or action. 
You know, the mark of the beast is a symbol of allegiance to the false religion of the last days. All right, question 13 says, what does the beast claim as a special mark of authority? According to the papacy, the greatest mark of her authority has been the change of the Sabbath day. Just as the Sabbath is a sign that represents the authority of God, Sunday is a sign that represents the authority of the church. You know, there are many statements by the church to demonstrate this issue. A comment from the St. Catherine Catholic Church Senatal says, The church has always had a strong sense of its own authority. Perhaps the boldest thing, the most revolutionary change the church ever did, the holy day, the Sabbath, was changed from Saturday to Sunday. The day of the Lord was chosen not from any direction noted in Scripture, but from the church's sense of its own power. And Chancellor C.F. Thomas said in 1894, Of course the Catholic Church claims that the change from Sabbath to Sunday was her act, and the act is a mark of her ecclesiastical power and authority in religious matters. The Church claims the change of the Sabbath is a mark of her authority, because virtually every Christian church keeps Sunday. The only basis for keeping Sunday is the authority of the Catholic Church. There is no authority from the Scriptures to keep Sunday. We have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So save this number in your phone, 04888880831. That's 04888880831. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, and here is the Wells family with By the Mark. By the mark where the nails have been By the sun upon his precious skin I will know my Savior when I come to him By the mark where the nails have been
Table and Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are studying about the Mark of the Beast. First, we had to work out who the Beast was. With careful Bible study today, and over the last three studies, we can positively identify this Beast as the Papacy. We also worked out that the number 666 is the number of a man, and it can be counted, and the universal name of the Pope Vicarius Philidae adds up to 666 in Roman numerals. So now we see our study as the mark of the papacy. The papacy claims the mark of their authority is that they change the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. Therefore, Saturday is a sign that represents God's authority, and Sunday represents the authority of the papacy. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on the study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We're on study number 16 and at question 14. Alright, now on to question 14. What does the papacy think it has the power to do? We can find our answer in Daniel 7 verse 25. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. The papacy has attempted to change God's time in two ways. The time of the Sabbath was changed from Saturday to Sunday. The timing of the worship day was changed from the biblical sunset to sunset. We can find that in Leviticus 23 verse 32 to the pagan custom of midnight to midnight. And you know, the catechism of the papacy has revealed the intent to change God's law in three ways. The first way is it has removed the second commandment, which forbids worship of images and idols. Mm-hmm. It has reduced the Sabbath commandment from over 90 words to just eight. And third, it has divided the tenth commandment into two commandments. It is this change to the times and law of God that has left the mark, the mark of the beast. All right, question 15 says, Do people who currently observe Sunday as a holy day have the mark of the beast? Revelation 13 verse 17 says, And that no man may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast 
or the number of his name. You know, there are many Christians who currently keep Sunday who love God and will receive eternal life. They do not have the mark of the beast. The enforcement of the mark of the beast is still in the future. At that time, the governments of the world will issue a law to enforce Sunday keeping. They will selectively stop buying and selling, attempting to starve God's people into submission. It is possible that modern technology, such as microchips, will be used in this process. However, the microchip itself is not the mark of the beast. There is not one text that says the mark of the beast is specifically related to technology. The real issue is worship. The mark of the beast will be placed on anyone who worship and obeys the false religions of the world. This tragic scenario depicts many receivers of the mark sincerely thinking they are doing the right thing. This mark is not just placed on overt devil worshippers. The key point about the mark of the beast is that people will be deceived into false worship. Uh, Revelation 19 verse 20 tells us this. Yeah, and each of us will need to choose to obey God at a time when the vast majority of the whole world is obeying men, yet convinced they are obeying God. Question 16 says, What are the characteristics of those who avoid the mark of the beast? Now, we read through this passage earlier, Revelation chapter 14, 9-12. It's also known as the three angels' messages. And verse 12 in this passage gives us the characteristics of these people. And the Bible says, Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Immediately after the most solemn warning message in the Bible, God outlines the characteristics of those who accept his warning and avoid the dreaded mark of the beast. You know, if you want to avoid the mark of the beast, you need to keep God's commandments, including the Sabbath. This comes with having a living faith relationship with Jesus. In fact, anyone who has this experience will never receive the mark of the beast. Now this leads us into question 17. What relationship does Jesus have with those who receive the seal of God? Our answer can be found in Revelation 14 verse 4. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. What a beautiful picture of a love relationship. Here are people in heaven who follow Jesus everywhere, learning more about him and spending as much time as possible with him. In order to follow Jesus in heaven, we must first follow him here on earth. You know, Jesus had a loving relationship with his father and kept all of his commandments. Jesus wants us to follow him by living our life each day like he lived his. Yeah, and you know, the mark of the beast is a symbolic mark that is placed on those who worship and obey the false religions of the world. It will be placed on the hand or forehead, indicating allegiance to the beast in mind or action. The mark will be placed on those who are involved in false worship. These people obey man's laws, but disobey God's laws. We have an awesome free offer for you today. And it fits perfectly with our study. So save this number on your phone, 04 888 That is 04 And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. 
You're listening to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Randy Travis with Here I Am to Worship. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes and let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely. Altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. King of all days, so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created all for love's sake became poor here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we have been studying about the Mark of the Beast, or also known as the Mark of the Papacy. We have seen how the papacy has tried to change God's law on their own authority. We have also seen in our study today that there are two marks at the end of time. God has a mark, and the papacy has a mark. Saturday worship is God's mark, and Sunday worship is the papacy's mark. God's mark is only placed on the forehead or mind. 
God's people have made up their minds to follow him and his law, even in the face of death. The papacy's mark is placed on the forehead, or the mind, and on the hand, or actions. Some people will believe in what is going on, and others will just go along to save themselves from the government. The people who receive the seal of God will be safe with God, but unsafe with the government. The people who receive the mark of the beast will be safe with the government, but unsafe with God. But remember, no one has the seal of God or the mark of the beast today. These marks are given when Sunday keeping is enforced by the governments, and you will have to choose who you will obey, God or man. So it is up to us today to choose to follow the authority of God or to follow the authority of the papacy. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. So there's three points that we want to remember from our study today. And they are, at the end of time, every person on earth will receive a mark. Second point is, if you receive the mark of God, you automatically avoid the mark of the beast. And point number three, the mark of God is placed on those who love Jesus with all their hearts and are obedient to all of God's commandments, including the Sabbath. So what are your thoughts, guys? Do you think that these three points really sum up our study for today? Oh, absolutely. And it's also sort of comforting to think that it's Mm. at the end of time that Mm. we will. So that just shows we've got plenty of time to make our decision, like while we're living. And there's no better time than now. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm, Yeah, I think like what really stuck out to me was the fact that the best way to make sure you're never going to get the mark of the beast is to get the mark of God. Mm. And... Really, why wouldn't you want to? If you want to follow God, then you want to follow his, all his commandments, no matter mm. what they are. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things where, yes, we are studying about this topic, but we don't want to focus on it because we'd rather focus on the lamb mm. and not the beast, mm. right? But we need to understand these topics so we don't end up on the wrong side, unknowingly, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it is important to know to let everyone know that these marks aren't enforced yet. There is a moment in time when they will be, mm. but that's not now. The second point is one that I think we should really focus on in receiving God's mark. Mm. Because if we are doing that, if we have the seal of God, then we don't have to worry about yeah. receiving the mark of the beast. We don't yeah. have to worry about it. We don't need to be scared about it. Yeah, I think that's definitely a very important point is that we need to focus on Jesus. Like, if we focus on the beast and not getting the mark of the beast, then, you know, by beholding you become changed. You know, we want to mm. behold Jesus and be changed by him instead of focusing on the bad things. And you don't want to get distracted either. Mm. Mm, definitely. I think you summed that up beautifully. Simply for those out there that, you know, you want a simple answer on how to avoid the mark of the beast, have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Mm. Read your Bible, definitely. spend time with him, follow him wherever he goes. Mm. So the last uh, point talks about the Sabbath. Now this reminds me of a story. During an evangelistic program, the speaker was challenged after one of the meetings. The subject was the Sabbath. A tall, well-dressed man approached the speaker and told him that he was a devoted Christian. He had met the Pope and knew many church theologians. He then went on to say, Everything you said tonight about the Sabbath is true. The Sabbath is Saturday. The Sabbath was changed to Sunday, worshipped by the church. But I have one problem. 
Only one? The evangelist asked. Yes. My problem is that you judge truth by the Bible and the Bible alone, said the man. The speaker took this as a compliment. However, he could see the man was earnest, so he said to him, On what basis do you determine truth? The man then said, I judge the truth by the Bible, tradition, and the words of the Pope. If there is a difference between the church and the Bible, then I'll listen to the Pope, since he has the most recent revelation from God. That man left the meeting and did not return to any future programs. What would you have said to this man? What dangers are inherent in this man's review? Wow, what a story. I think there's um, a few things that are dangerous in that. I think that I would take that as a compliment that we um, look at truth by the Bible and the Bible alone. Mm. And because traditions and the words of the Pope, the Pope's a man, mm. right? Like the Bible is the inspired word of God. And to you know, take the words of someone else, mm. um, you know, we need to always be going back to the Bible. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's um. I don't it's, know what else I would have said to this man. You know, I'd have said, "Well, you know, yeah, we do take it from the Bible. It's dangerous to take it from traditions and men. Like we all have traditions in our church, in our homes. Mm. You know, and there's nothing wrong with traditions. The only thing that makes a tradition wrong is when, for a biblical worldview, is that that, that tradition goes against the Bible. Mm. Yeah. You know, and we need to be able to see where our faith is there. We also got to remember that the Pope, as a man has his own opinion. Mm-hmm, definitely. And opinion is what sort of shapes the problems and, and how we look at things. Yeah. So mm. he could read the Bible and interpret it differently to how we interpret it. Now, if we're taking it from this one man who has his own opinion on the Bible, then is it really, like, biblically correct? Mm. Because it's, it's just a man. Mm, it's true. And it's, you know, I find it interesting that this bloke came to this meeting in the first place, you know. Like, I mm. wonder... Yeah. what he thought he was going to hear. But at the same time, you never know what happened after like that. Like he could have gone home and just thought about that for the next month mm. and then really yeah. studied into it and started believing in the Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's not like a a magic word that you can say for people to change their mind either. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, you need to just share the truth from the Bible and let them make their decision up. Like we can say to that person, hey, yeah, we, we look at the Bible and the Bible, Bible alone. Yeah. And that's what we should do. Yeah. But doesn't mean everyone's going to do that. There's going to be people out there that believe the same as this man. Mm. They may be listening to us right now that they believe in the Bible, traditions, um, the Pope or anybody else. Mm. Then I suggest that, you know, let's just try and read what the Bible says. Mm. You know, if someone else says something that's against the Bible, then we need to believe the Bible. Mm. Yeah. Like definitely. even Ellen White said, like even mm. though she is a prominent member of the church, she even said, if there's anything that I've written that you don't agree with, go to the Bible. Mm. Exactly. And her whole yeah. ministry was to point people to the Bible. Mm. Mm. That should be our ministry too, is pointing people to Jesus, pointing people to the truths of the Bible mm. and not our own words. Mm. Oh, absolutely. But guys... Does keeping the Sabbath alone guarantee you will avoid the mark of the beast? Oh, no. No, why not? It's like, uh, it's like going to church and not mm-hmm. listening to the preacher at all. Mm. What, why are you there? Yeah. So if I just keep the Sabbath without developing a relationship with God, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's like it's like you know if you say we're gonna get married to someone, and so you go and you're supposed to spend time with them. Like you just say, let's say every Saturday you go spend time with them, mm. but then you go, but instead of spending time with them, you go off and you do your own thing, and you basically ignore them. You just leave them in the corner of the room. You don't mm, even talk yeah. to them, but you say, well, I'm I'm still here in your house, so I'm still hanging out with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So even though the Sabbath is an important part. Of you know, it's the seal of God. Yeah, right. But just keeping it isn't going to save us. We need to have that relationship with Jesus. Yeah, because Sabbath keeping is going to be a fruit of our relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind that just keeping the Sabbath. You know, if we want to talk about you know keeping the Sabbath by the law and just like you know following all the rules and everything, but not actually spending time with Jesus, then you lose the whole point, point. because mm. really mm. it's not about obeying all these rules, it's about the fact that you don't want to do these other things because you're spending time with God. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And that's where I think that a lot of Sabbath keepers today will end up receiving the mark of the beast because when it comes time to being persecuted for the Sabbath, they're, they're going to give it up mm. because they don't have that relationship with Jesus to understand what it really, really means. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only way we really are going to stand fast is with Jesus' help. Mm. Yeah, you're right. And we've done a couple of episodes. Episode 23 and episode 8 is all about the Sabbath. So if you want to learn more about the Sabbath, you can go to um, the Faith FM website or to the app and go back and listen to our episodes 23 and 8. They are going to be talking about the Sabbath, so you'll better understand a little bit more about the Sabbath there. Mm. So, guys, another question. What is the key to obeying God from your heart instead of just outward actions? So um, I think for this one would be it would be like the verse that says, um, "Man, look at the, a man. Look at the outside, like you as a person, like so you're physical, mm. but God looks at the heart. Mm-hmm. So God knows your true intentions. Mm, definitely, yeah, that's true. And it's you know it's like um, it's like say if you're a parent and you've got a child, and if that child's obeying you because you know they don't want to get in trouble, if they're obeying you out of fear because you know, they'll get go to their room and they'll be in their room all day if they do something wrong, then really what's the point? You want them to obey you because they love you and they want to mm. do stuff for you because yeah. they love you. Yep, definitely. And that's your. I think that's the key. The key for obeying God from the heart is doing it out of love, mm. Mm. but not out of, oh, because we have to yeah. or anything like that. We need to obey God because we love him mm. and mm. we want to follow him. We want to be like him. Right? You can't be like someone if you're disobeying them all the time. Yeah, you got to want mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So then, guys, with all that in mind, how can we prepare today to avoid receiving the mark of the beast? Well, I think we kind of talked about that a little bit, mm. but, like, really what we need to do is, like we said before, we need to get the mark of God. You know, if we get Jesus' seal, then we don't have to worry about the mark of the beast because we've already got his mark. Yep. Oh, I think it will be just like that song. Read your Bible, pray every day, (laughs) and you'll grow, grow, grow. Just like the song says, if we spend time with Jesus, we'll grow into his character. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so what you're really saying is here is to prepare to avoid the mark of the beast, you need to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Mm. You need to be able to have the seal of God. Yeah. And that only comes from the heart a love relationship with Jesus. There's nothing that we can do. There's no tick boxes that 
mm. we can do. It is about genuinely having a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So each study that we do, it's always good to have a response to what we have learned. And today's response question is, The mark of the beast is coming. Would you like to prepare for the seal of God by keeping all of God's commandments, including the Sabbath, as a sign that you will follow Jesus wherever he leads? I think to sort of clarify what it means by that, remember, our commandment keeping is a fruit of our relationship. Mm-hmm. right? It's, it's something that because we love Jesus, that's going to be something that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, If we start keeping God's commandments as a list of do's and don'ts, yeah. then that's not the way we're supposed to keep them. Mm. No, that'll be out of fear. Right? It is. It is out of fear. We don't want to be able to do that. So the question's really saying, hey, by preparing for the seal of God and keeping all these things, you're going to have a relationship with Jesus, and that's going to be the fruit of that relationship. Mm, I mean, in the end, like, who wouldn't want to have a relationship with the creator of the universe? I mean, think about that. Like, a yeah. personal relationship. Like, think about, like, all the kings for the ages – since when can each individual person have a personal relationship with that bloke like they know him, like they've known him all their lives? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'm guessing that's a yes from you then? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's 100% from me. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Always wanting to follow Jesus wherever he goes and the following his commandments um, following who he is and what he's done, you know, it's just going to be a fruit of my relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Noah and Ethan, for coming into the studio today to do this Bible study. I hope that everybody listening was blessed and that you got an understanding of what the mark of the beast is. And although um, this is a serious topic, um, we don't want to focus on the beast. We always want to focus on the lamb. And we just want to, if we're focusing, if we're following the Lamb wherever He goes, then we can be safe from the mark of the beast. Mm. So we want to thank you guys for joining us. And Noah, would you like to close in prayer? Definitely. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for a lovely study. Um, just please be with us as we go about the rest of our day. And um, yeah, just help us to understand what the mark of the beast is and not to dwell on it, but to understand it so that we don't get caught up in it and please lord help us to get the mark of jesus right now so that we don't have to worry about the mark of the beast because we've got a relationship with jesus and he's going to protect us all the way amen Amen. Amen. it has come time in the show to give you the code word for today's free offer today we have a book titled decoding the mark of the beast This little book will go more into depth with giving you more understanding to the terminology of the forehead the hand the beast, and more. It will also cover more on how the mark of the beast will be enforced. If you would like this book, Decoding the Mark of the Beast, the code you need is hashtag TE28. Text that to 04888880831. And our Faith FM bot will take down your details and we'll get this book to you as soon as we can. We only have 20 to give away, so text in now. The code again is hashtag TE28. Two eight. Text that code to O four triple eight eight O eight three one to get your free copy of Decoding the Mark of the Beast. Our next study is called Life After Death. Have you ever wondered what will happen after you die? Is there life after death? Can our dead loved ones talk to us? Join us next week as we explore the Bible to uncover the mysteries of life after death. We will reveal why a correct understanding of what the Bible says about life after death 
will be so vital in your future. Thanks for tuning in today to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalms 119, God's Word is a lamp onto our feet and light onto our path. God bless, and we'll catch you next time.